0: We thank you, Father. Father, We give you all praise and thanksgiving for all the wonderful things you've done for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. The Lord is good. Amen. Amen. And um, we appreciate His goodness and kindness, and um, we thank for all the wonderful things He's done for us. Welcome to Healing School. We get to, to study on the subject of healing. And we're thankful for that. Amen. We are um, using uh, Lillian B. Yeoman's book, um, His Healing Power. And it's really a a compilation of four books that she originally had written. And then the publishers just put those four smaller books into a single book. And so we have been going through that book um, just as a a guide. And really, uh, from my perspective, um, you know, we, use, we kind of use them as an outline just to see the topics that they, that they uh, cover and then the revelation that they have about healing. Uh, and then, you know, we go through and we study it really kind of as on our own to see what scriptures they used. And then um, and then we read uh, basically what they're saying about those verses and some of the stories they tell and different things. And um, I think it's, it's a... Uh, it was really on my heart to do that. Uh, I believe that the Lord had directed us to do that because we get to see what these folks have written. She wrote this uh, basically 100 years ago or so. And um, it's interesting to see that uh, you know, she had pretty much the same revelation that we have today, that it's God's will every single time to heal. Uh, but then there, on occasion, you get to see where maybe they, they didn't have as much light even as we have today. And so we get to talk about those things and, and see... Because there's people today that uh, if they don't study this topic in depth, they may come to the same maybe incorrect conclusions that some of these authors have have arrived at over the years because uh, outside of the revelation of the Lord, we have our own thoughts and ideas about things. And if we don't submit those to the Lord and compare them to the word of God, it's easy sometimes for, um, it's not that they're trying to, to cause anybody to lose their salvation, but it's easy for men's ideas to get into, uh, their, uh, into their doctrine. And so sometimes, you know, uh, we, we understand that it's God's will every single time without exception to be healed. Is that true? Well, that's true, right? We see that from the scriptures. We find no other way to believe other than that. And yet uh, we have to or we try to reconcile the things we observe both in our life and in the lives of those around us. Well, why, they, why didn't they get healed or why didn't I get healed? Um, and without uh, having a strong foundation of the word of God that I don't know the answer to that question necessarily, but I know it's always God's will to heal. Amen. But if you're not founded in that doctrine of the word of God, it will be easy for you to get into philosophy of maybe it's not God's will to heal me for some reason. Maybe there's some unknown reason. Maybe there's something I've done or said that is a secret even to myself. Uh, and so uh, we allow those, those creeping Uh, Thoughts of doubt and unbelief to come into our minds and to our hearts uh, and we end up not being able to believe God as fully as we ought to or we should in order to receive the blessings of heaven Uh, and and we see that even in some of these uh, authors that on occasion they, they seem to struggle with making an absolute statement that it's God's will every single time to heal because that seems almost fanatical in fact some some Pentecostal authors have called that a fanatical idea which to me is Not fanatical; it's just kind of normal. It's like you know, what's normal for God to bless us in every circumstance and situation? That's normal. That's not fanatical. That's normal. That's like baseline of how God operates. And yet, uh, sometimes some of these authors uh, struggle with that. And and really, um, I I, I believe it wasn't until Brother Hagen got on the scene and started writing books that uh, the majority of authors would incorporate some kind of uh, leeway you know well you know not all the time i mean most of the time but not all the time i mean that'd be radical I and mean, brother hagen was well i mean we can't find any other way in the in the word of god so it has to be all the time you know if there's other options in the word of god then we would include that and say well most of the time it's this way but sometimes you know god just wants you to be sick but we can't find that in the word of god so we have to discard that out of our mind and our and of our uh, thought life uh, and just believe well if, if the word of god uh, both states directly and by by example shows us that it's god's will every single time to heal then that's the only conclusion we can come to that's the only only thing that we can believe uh, and 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 so that sets you on the right path because if you allow th- uh, thoughts of doubt and unbelief to, to enter into your mind maybe it's not god's will to heal me see then it always will not be god's will to heal you, you there will always be some reason why for you you can't get it for everybody else. They may can get it 100% time, but for you, you know, you'll never get it all the time, so you've got to start with the foundation. It's God's will every single time to heal, and then then you can find out uh, if there's a difficulty for you receiving healing. What's the issue there? It's not on God's side. It's something on your side. Maybe it's not fully understanding. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's your confession. Maybe it's your lack of confession. Uh, Sometimes some people don't, they don't confess. They just well, whatever comes my way, comes my way. And so they don't stand guard at the door, so to speak, and make sure that uh, if something happens, they get on it uh, with the authority of the name of Jesus and deal with it. They just, sometimes they assume, well, you know, uh, if God wanted to heal me, he would have, and so it must be God's will for me to, to be sick in this particular case. And so it, it, it does require some amount of diligence. It's not difficult. It's worth the effort because you can live in divine health if you do that, amen? Uh, and so we are starting here in the, in her last book uh, in chapter seven about having authority. Uh, and so let's turn over to Acts chapter one and let's start here with the verses that, that she that she mentions and we'll talk about some other things here as well. And so uh, she starts here in Acts chapter one. and And so she says, in verse 11, uh, that uh, about the promise that was left to the disciples by the angel it says, which also said uh, ye men of Galilee why stand ye gazing up into heaven this same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven uh, and so um, I'm not really sure why she started with this particular, uh, with this particular uh, uh, verse here uh, as, as it relates to authority but you know that's where she started and, um, uh, and then she does talk about Luke chapter 24 so we can jump back to Luke chapter 24 of course the book of Luke and the book of Acts originally were one book they, they were never separated they were one book written by the, the, uh, of the author of Luke and, um, and then we separated them to kind of line up them with the gospels and then separated the book of Acts but, um, and so here in Luke uh, chapter 24 this is right at the end of the book of Luke uh, and he says here uh, in verse 49, And behold, I send the promise of my father unto you, but tarry you in, in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Uh, and so, so uh, they, she's kind of leading up to the promise uh, of the Spirit of God. Uh, and, so, uh, and that's really what she's sneaking up here. One of the things we've got to understand, uh, the, the whole, let's turn back to the book of Acts now, uh, the, whole, the whole doctrine of authority, even in today's church is an area that uh, is really relatively little understood uh, about how authority works. Uh, when do we have authority? What, what does our authority what, what is our authority wrapped up into? Uh, and there's a lot of philosophy about it and uh, a lot of misunderstanding about it. Uh, but she continue on here and we'll talk some more about that here as we go along. Uh, but she continues on in verse uh, 12 of chapter 1, um, after the angel spoke, it says, And they returned unto Jerusalem from the mountain called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. Uh, and so um, that's what they did after the angel left. And so now they're in the, the moment of tearing, right? So remember what Luke said, Tarry ye in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So what was the source of that power from on high that the, that the disciples were going to receive? Do we know? It's the Holy Spirit, right? It's, it's the promise of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so, uh, of course, Jesus had said the same thing to him just before he left back in verse 8. It says, but, he, but you shall receive power, and that word uh, power there, in fact, if you just go back up to verse 7, Uh, they had asked are you going to restore the kingdom of this time and Jesus said it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the father hath put in his own power well the word power there in verse 7 is uh, the Greek word exousia which is the uh, word for authority so the father has left the times and seasons of Jesus Jesus return in his own authority so he's deciding when Jesus is coming back or not Uh, and so A lot of people pray, and they get it from the word of God, come quickly, Lord Jesus, right? Uh, I'm not a big fan of that prayer Uh, myself. I want the Lord to to delay his return as long as possible uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one is they say that because they're tired of dealing with all the difficulties on the earth, and being defeated really is what they're tired of. Well, if you're you're victorious, what's the big deal, right? I mean, it's annoying sometimes to deal with things but if you're if you always have the victory which he said that this is the victory that overcometh the world even our what our faith. our faith so we if we have the victory to overcome the world then we can always be victorious so what's there's no really no real rush on our side but uh and on the other hand uh if the lord jesus comes tomorrow who's going to miss heaven a lot of people are going to miss heaven amen so why do we, why do you want him to come tomorrow or today even Who's going to miss heaven that you know, person that you know right now, that if, if Jesus comes back right this minute, they would miss heaven? Well, do you really want them to miss heaven? No, Lord, uh, don't come back until, I've, until we've exhausted every opportunity for this person to receive, receive you. So then Jesus said there in verse 8, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Well, now, same English word power, but you know, the King James really did, a, 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 in my opinion, a terrible job of, these are such different Greek words that they should have used different English words, and they could have just used authority uh, and or power in this case, or supernatural power, that word power there in verse 8 is dunamis, right? It's, it's the Greek word uh, dunamis, which means uh, supernatural miracle work and power. So in verse 7 he's talking about it remains in the authority of the Father, but in verse 8 you shall receive supernatural miracle work and power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Well, that's what Luke told them to do there in Luke 24. Now, in Luke 24, he told them, tarry in Jerusalem. And so uh, because they used the word tarry, then, uh, uh, and even in here, there was a a time frame from when the Lord said that you'll receive power till they actually received it in chapter 2 and verse 4. And of course, uh, Acts 2, 4 says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues uh, as the Spirit gave them utterance. So uh, in, in in that time period uh, because really there, there was uh, from the time of of the crucifixion until uh, which is that Passover until uh, the falling of the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2 was 50 days well that was the 50 days uh, of, of uh, the Pentecostal or the Pentecost uh, festival and so uh, pentecost was one of the seven uh, primary festivals of uh, of israel and it always fell 50 days after uh, the passover uh, and so jesus wanted to set it up that way he wanted the pentecost uh, celebration to be the celebration of the coming of the holy spirit uh, and so he could have done it the day after he was resurrected or the day after his resurrection Uh, but he chose to wait 50 days he wanted to line it up with that because you know he's in charge he can do it however he wants to and so he wanted and you know you can go into types and shadows of all the festivals and we're not going to go into all of that Uh, but uh, there was there was this need for power to come uh, to the church and so if you notice at this time uh, we know and we've studied this many times over the years Uh, back in in John 20 they received the the Holy Spirit right remember Jesus said he breathed on them and said receive ye the Holy Spirit so all these disciples at this point in time in Acts chapter 1 are saved they're born again they're on the way to heaven if they all died right here they would go to heaven Uh, they're Christians uh, in the truest sense of the word but Jesus said there's one other piece of power I want to give to you it's another work of the Holy Spirit it's called the Holy Spirit coming upon you he said in verse 5 that you'd be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and, and then in Acts 2, 4, it says, you were filled with the Holy Spirit. So he uses those three phrases uh, to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, have the Holy Spirit come upon you and be filled with the Holy Spirit to recognize a second work of the Holy Ghost in a Christian's life, which is called being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, that that's, uh, uh, that's probably the most common phrase, but all of the three of those phrases would be, would be fine. Uh, for the church to to uh, talk about that particular work so uh, that was the plan all along for the lord jesus now when he told luke when luke told uh, the words of jesus to tarry that wasn't a continuous forever doctrine right that the church is not supposed to get saved and then tarry for the holy ghost to come upon him that was a one-time deal uh, because jesus wanted to want the holy spirit he wanted the holy spirit to fall on pentecost on the, the the feast of Pentecost that's when he wanted him to come uh, and after that he can come anytime you want him uh, and so you can get saved uh, and it, we can see we're not going to go through that but you can go through the stories in the book of Acts where people receive the Holy Spirit and sometimes like in Acts chapter 10 at Cornelius's house they were saved and baptized the Holy Spirit all at the same moment right Paul was saved on the road to Damascus but then several days later when Ananias came to him then he received the Holy Spirit so there was a short delay for Paul—not fifty days, but a few days—but uh, then in Cornelius' house, there was only uh, there was no time, no time difference. Uh, and so, but in every case, it's always they receive the work of the Holy Spirit in salvation first, and then receive the power of the Holy Spirit uh, coming upon him, coming up upon them. And you can see that there was a, a huge difference uh, in the lives of the disciples uh, uh, once the Holy Spirit got on them. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of the church—they live in the back, or in the in the new birth, the Christ, uh, being Christians, uh, but a lot of them won't go into the Pentecostal experience. They think it's for the Pentecostals like us. Well, uh, and we know because we've said this many times uh, that the Lord never designed the church to have a Pentecostal church and everybody else. Uh, who did He intend for for the? For, uh, who did He intend to be Pentecostals? Everybody, right? He wanted everybody to be Pentecostals. There wasn't supposed to be Pentecostals and not Pentecostals. It's like saying he wanted some people to be Christians and some people to not be Christians to be in the church. Well, that wouldn't make any sense uh, because his instructions were: after you receive the Holy Spirit, then you can be witnesses. Well, who who does he want to be witnesses in the church to hit about himself? Everybody, right? So if he wants everybody to be a witness, then everybody should be uh, baptized with the Holy Spirit. That should be a super easy thing to understand right and yet uh, small wars in fact big wars have been fought over this doctrine now and of course uh, we read the acts 2 4 about the holy spirit coming upon him Uh, turn over to acts uh, 239 about um, who is this promise for so he said uh, for the promise is unto you and to who to your children and to who and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So uh, as far as just geographical distance, are we far off from Jerusalem? Well, sure. As far as time frame goes, are we far off from Jerusalem? Sure we are, right? So this is 2,000 years ago. So uh, is this promise of the Holy Spirit for everybody in the church? It's for everybody in the church, amen? And, and yet, like I said, uh, many, uh, many wars are fought over this. Well, I have all the Holy Ghost there is. That's funny because Jesus didn't think they had all the Holy Ghost that there was. In fact, he, he uh, uh, told them to tarry until they get more Holy Ghost. Uh, and so, but that tarrying was only for that one point in time in history. In my case, uh, it wasn't 50 days. It was about 18 months from the time that I was born again until the time I received the Holy Ghost. Sometimes I'm a little slow at things, you know. And, and, um, but I didn't even, never even heard of the Holy Ghost. Anybody not grow up in church? Everybody in here grew up in church? Mostly uh, sort of church? Um, I didn't grow up in church, so I knew nothing about the Lord. I mean, nothing about the Lord. And, and so when they started talking about this Holy Ghost, uh, uh, Brother Hagin always called this Holy Ghost business. When they, when they started talking about this Holy... I didn't know what they were talking about. I had no concept of Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues i mean not, nothing right uh, and so uh, so I, being me i want well let me find go find out what this means before i you know you can slap and they did you know when they, you need it right now they'd slap hands on me and you know speak in tongues oh what are you talking about what's that to be a mean uh speaking tongues right let go hang on right i mean whatever uh, it's just uh, uh, so anyway it's just uh, the lord didn't need to he didn't need to uh, uh, he didn't need my permission to do it but uh you know uh, understanding is a valuable thing amen and a lot of our faith comes from the foundation of understanding what the word says so so uh this again this chapter is is talking about authority uh but if if we understand how authority works and, and this is the thing about the church in the area of authority that we've not really understood and if you go if you go all the way back to uh and again we're not i don't know how far we get at this we'll just see how it goes but if you go all the way back to uh to the book of beginnings and the book of genesis where the lord told um adam to have dominion over what over the earth right over the whole earth so dominion means to have authority right responsibility over the whole earth so if something was going to go on on the earth whose responsibility was it to have oversight of that it was Adam, right? So he had authority over the entire earth. That's a lot for one man, right? King of the earth. He literally king of the earth. Uh, and so, but then uh, Adam, uh, being not very bright about some things, uh, kind of sold out to the devil and yielded to the devil and it did what the devil did. And, and by doing so, he transferred that authority of the earth into the hands of the devil, right? So you remember, uh, just real quick, in, in Luke chapter 4, uh, uh, where... where uh, the devil is talking to jesus uh, and he said in verse five and the devil taking him up into a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time so how many of the kingdoms all the kingdoms of the world so the whole earth and the devil said unto him all this power now the, again that word power there is the greek word exosia, which means authority so all this authority will i give to you and the glory of them for that this authority is delivered unto me and to whomsoever i will i give it so the devil is saying it, the whole earth i've got authority of the whole earth and the temptation to jesus is you don't have to go to the cross you don't have to die i any need blood i'll just give it to you. you you just skip all that cross stuff it's it's messy you know you're going to be naked it's going to be embarrassing right you know you don't do that you know i mean if you had one too many donuts you're gonna have a little pot belly you don't want anybody to see that right All no, that mess there and and so just skip all that and i'll just i'll just give that to you i'll just give you the because it belongs to me i'll just give it to you well is that is that true is that a true statement well it'd have to be a true statement because you think jesus would have known if it was a lie well you sure would have known because i mean he was there when the when the when the authority was transferred to the devil he saw it happen and and he could you know if it wasn't true he could have said well that's not true i was there and he never, you know, you, you don't have the authority over that. It. So it's not even a real temptation, right? If I, if I come to you say, hey, I'll give you a million dollars if you lie. Well, you'd be like, well, first of all, do you have a million dollars? I mean, if I don't have a million dollars, it's not a temptation, right? But if I did have a million dollars, you'd be like, hmm, well, how big of a lie is it, right? <laughs> you know, then see, you may not do it, but at least you would cross your mind. Well, well, exactly what is it you want me to do? But if I don't have the, the temptation to give to you in the first place... it's not a temptation because you don't have the money to get you don't have the you don't have the goods to make good on the temptation and so jesus would have surely known this and so it was a real temptation uh and so the devil had the real authority to give to him all this all this uh uh, all the kingdoms and the authority i'll give it to you because been given. well where did he get it from did god give him the authority in the earth no god didn't give him who gave him the authority adam uh, well it was adam because it was adam's authority to give uh, the Bible says that uh, Eve was deceived, and so if if Eve had eaten an apple and Adam said, "No, I'm not doing it," he would have never lost the authority. Now you know uh, what would have happened to Eve? And I don't know. You know she'd have been uh, you know sent to the back of the room, maybe had to wear a little dunce cap or something for a while to to, uh, uh, to make up for 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 allowing the devil to deceive her, because she should have said, "Well, hang on, uh, you're confusing me. Let me go talk to my, to Adam, because he's the authority." The Lord gave him the authority, let me go, t- before, before I make any deal here, let me go talk, that's what you should have done. And that's what everybody should do before they sign up for something. Let me go double check on this. Lord, do you want me to do this? Uh, and of course, sometimes we don't do that. We, think, I've got this, right? I've got this. And, and we try to out, outwit the devil and it never works out. So, uh, so that, that authority was lost in, in the garden. Uh, the, the devil tries to give it to Jesus here. Of course, Jesus rejects this. He goes on to the cross. Uh, he dies and goes to hell. He gets the, remember, he says he now has the keys of death, hell, and the grave, right? And so Jesus has, has the keys uh, of everything, right? Keys are a symbol of authority. So now Jesus has authority everywhere. And then he said, uh, in fact, uh, we're in Luke 4, turn back to Matthew 28, uh, and we'll see that where Jesus gets it, right? When, when he finally uh, re- recovers all the authority. And we're not going to go back into all how he did that, but we're going to see that he did do that. You remember what did what the devil tell him in Luke 4? All this authority I'll give to you. But then uh, right here in uh, Matthew 28, verse 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them saying, all power, again that word power there is Greek word, exousia, which, which means the authority. All this authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So uh, he has all the authority back. So there was a time when Jesus didn't have all the authority. Uh, on earth amen uh, he had the authority in heaven but he didn't have all the authority in the earth because uh, uh, the devil had that so uh, authority is 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 a really big doctrine that for centuries the church didn't understand and even uh, you know dr Yeoman's book she wrote this book about 100 years ago and she's got some good points but she misses a lot of fundamentals about the understanding of authority and so that's not a we're not trying to to disparage her in in the least here uh, but a lot of the church has not understood that uh, our authority, what did Jesus say as soon as he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth? What's, what's the very next thing he said? What's the next two words in verse 19? Go, Go ye, right? That's two words, right? Go ye, right? <laughs> what's that? You got a different church? You want? Go then? What? Okay, well... Uh, uh, well, uh, you all need to get some uh, get rid of these heathen translations, right? Go back to King James only, right? <laughs> but, but King James says, go ye, right? Go ye. So, uh, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So he, he took the authority they had and he immediately says, now you go. If, he, if he's telling them to go, then he's, he's authorizing them to go in his name, right? And we look over to, uh, to Mark 16, he says... Uh, In my name, you shall cast out devils. Amen. So uh, Jesus got all the authority back. Then he immediately granted that authority to the church. And here's where the misunderstanding comes in in the church for the most part. Uh, If if Jesus has given us authority, and, and you can see this when he did this with Adam. If he gives us authority, he will not usurp that authority back and go, Adam, you're doing it all wrong. Just step aside, let me do it. He, he will not do that. If he sets it up this way, that's the way he intends it for, to work. And he will not come and do our job for us. He didn't go in there and say, Eve, what are you doing? No, you, you dropped that apple. Uh, and even after she ate it, he, you know, it's not like he wasn't, wasn't aware of what was going on. It wasn't like, really? You did what? He, he, wasn't, he wasn't unaware. He knew what was going on. But whose choice was it to do those things? It was Adam's and Eve, Adam and Eve's choice, right? And so uh, the, Lord, the Lord will, will allow us to, to exercise our authority or to not exercise our authority. Uh, and if we choose not to exercise our authority, is he going to step in in the middle of our life and say, no, 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 you do not. Let me do that for you. He just will not do that. And th- this is where the church gets so confused because they wonder, well, Lord, why aren't you doing something? And, and he said, I did do something. I came to earth. I lived, I died, I was resurrected, I recovered all the authority and I gave it back to you and you still won't do anything with it. You're not any different than Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve just get mowed right over by the devil and they just let themselves get mowed over by the devil and all Eve would have had to done is say, let me go ask Adam. And Adam's like, I'm, I've got dominion over the earth. You shut up serpent and get back to your, you know, whatever you're doing. Uh, and he could have done that and it would have been over with and we'd all still be living in paradise right now. And he he chose not to do that. If he, well, so, if he chooses not to do that, then uh, where uh, whose fault is it when these things happen? It's whose ever fault that doesn't exercise the authority. And this is so hard for the church to understand. And and even you know, uh, Doctor Yeomans didn't really get it here. She didn't understand it. But even even way back in the seventeen hundreds, um, uh, when John Wesley was around, he started getting some understanding of of. Lord, it seems like that you are limited uh, in in our lives, that that you can only do for men where men will pray. But he didn't know why. And then uh, years later, uh, hundreds of years later, E.W. Kenyon kind of picked up that same thought from from John Wesley and said that same thing, that it seems that God is limited by a man's prayer, that God cannot move uh, on earth unless a man prays and he said why this is so we don't know well then of course brother Hagen picked up that same phrase and said well if we uh, uh, if it's so which it is so we ought to know we ought to know why why is it that that uh, uh, that God will only move if a man prays well the reason why is because when when Jesus said I'm gone where, where did he go we saw that in Acts chapter 1 where did he go he ascended into heaven so is he on the earth He's not on the earth. So is he running around fixing things on the earth? No. Who did he assign that to, to do that work on the earth? Us, right? Because he said, go and go ye uh, therefore and do these things. Teach all nations, you know, uh, over uh, Mark chapter 16. In fact, it would be good just to read Mark 16, give us a few more details of the things he told us to do. Uh, and it's not necessarily all-encompassing, but, uh, you know, these are kind of the basics. He said the same thing. Uh, he said in, Mark, in Matthew 28, verse 19, he says right here in Mark 16 15 go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So that's what he told them to do in, in Matthew 28 he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved but he that believeth not shall be damned and these signs shall follow them that believe. So uh, did he say and these signs shall follow them that are members of the Pentecostal church. No these signs shall follow them that that believe well who in the universal church should be believers. that's kind of everybody right everybody should be believers in the universal church so uh, he said in my name so now he starts giving us understanding of how we exercise authority in the new testament in my name so before adam was just given uh, direct authority over the whole earth but now our authority is given to us by use of the name so we have uh, adam had inherent authority because of his position that god put him in but our, we have no inherent authority. We have, a, uh, we have authority when we exercise and use the name of Jesus. So that, that's a little different than, than Adam. The good thing about that is uh, if I cast out devils in the name of Jesus, then I can't give that authority away because it's not mine. I don't own the name of Jesus. I have right to use the name. I've been granted license to use the name, but I don't own the name of Jesus. So I can't just give that to somebody else. If I'm an ambassador to 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 another country of the United States, I have the authority to, to exercise certain uh, uh, contracts and, and, and laws uh, on behalf of the United States, but I can't give away the United States. I can't give away the power of the United States because it doesn't, doesn't belong to me. I'm just an ambassador granted access to the use of that name. And the same thing uh, today is I can't get, and even if I could give the devil the use of authority in the name of Jesus, he's never going to use the name of Jesus. So he, we can't do it anyway. But you think the devil's going to use the name of Jesus for something? He's not going to use the name of Jesus for anything. So our authority now resides in, the, in, in my name. They shall cast out devils. So when we cast out devils, do we do that by our authority? No, we do it by the name of Jesus. That name that's, being, that's above every name. Is there any name that is not above? No name that's not above, right? It's above every name uh, uh, in heaven and earth and under the earth. Uh, and so uh, we cast out devils in his name we shall speak in new tongues in his name we shall take up serpents in his name if we drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt us in in his name we shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover in his name so all of these things are done in his name in my name so that's how our, our authority uh, is uh, established in the earth and so what if we choose not to use the name of jesus then there's no authority right uh and and what if we don't use the name of jesus there's not authority what if we say lord if it be thy will well, there's sure no authority in that because he didn't say uh, in my name, if it's my will, you shall cast out devils. Did he say that? No, he said in my name, they shall cast out devils. So you don't have to go. Lord, is it your, is it your will to, to lay hands on a sick and, and for them to recover? Uh, you don't have to ask him that because he told us, did he tell us what his will is right here? He told us what his will is so we don't have to ask, Lord, if it's your will to heal the sick. He said, I thought I told you it's my will. Yeah, but we're just double checking. We just want to make sure. We don't really believe this right here so we want to cover all of our bases, you know, the, our, our base of, of doctrine of the word, but also the uh, second base of doubt and unbelief, right? Because we're not really sure. So we to cover that base of what your word says, but just in case we don't believe it really, you know, we cover that base too, right? So that way we say, if it be thy will. Uh, and so, so uh, he said that, that our authority, uh, he, he, he commissioned us to go, commanded us to go, he granted us the name of, the, of, his, of his name to take with us as the, the, the uh, standing and the backing of, of the authority that we have no inherent authority, but we have the backing of his name. And so we go in his name. So we're name droppers, right? Uh, you ever try to get something done and, uh, and you can't get it done and say, well, so-and-so said I could come do it. Oh, well, if so-and-so said you could do it. Well, then fine, right? I mean, and we've all been name droppers, right? And, and sometimes we try not to drop names, but sometimes people just won't yield well you know i know the mayor or i know the president or i know you know oh well if you know them but then then it's okay right and uh, well the boss told me come do it oh okay yeah the boss had to do it uh, and, and i you know i've tried i've had people that work for me that uh this one fellow in particular people did, he, he never could get his work done because other people would always come to him and say hey i need you to do this for me mm-hmm. and and he would go do that for them instead of getting his work done so he's always late he, he, he was always scattered, not getting his work done. He was a pretty good employee in potential, but actually he was not a very good employee because he just couldn't get his work done. And, and if he'd have just quit saying yes to everything, he could have got his work done. And so I said, well, just tell him that your boss said, no, drop my name. So I'd love to do that. I want to do it, but my boss said, I can't do that. So he could have used my name to, to, to at least strengthen his ability to say no. But he wouldn't do that. He, and so he was really kind of an average employee and really in some ways below average there. So uh, so th- th- where we are in the church today, uh, our authority is wrapped up in the name of Jesus. Is it wrapped up in anything else? Is it wrapped up in, in this printed book? Can we say, can we go lay this book on somebody and get a devil cast out of somebody? Is that, uh, it, well, it looks good though. Doesn't it look cool? I don't take the, Especially if it's leather bound, right? If it's, if it's cardboard, it's no big deal. But if it's leather bound, I mean, that... That's really anointed, right? It's got to be more anointed if it's leather-bound. Uh, did he say, uh, uh, with, with my book, cast out devils? No, he didn't say with my book, but do, have we ever done have you ever seen anybody do that? I've seen lots of people do that. Go lay them. What's that doing? Nothing except wrinkling their clothes, right? Uh, and so uh, what about this one, you know, this good golden calf? What about the blood of Jesus? Did he say, uh, with my blood, cast out devils? And yet, how many people have pled the blood of Jesus when they're casting out? We plead the blood. We plead the blood. It's It sounds good. We got any book, chapter, verse for pleading the blood of Jesus in any way? And I don't know a lot of ministers preach on it, you know, got to plead the blood in these scenarios. And yet, I, I still, even Brother Hagen preached on some of it, and yet he never has a, a book, chapter, verse for it. He just said, This happened, you know, and we pled the blood of Jesus, and it worked. Yeah, that's great, it worked, but it's kind of like, that's blind squirrel faith. It worked, but you don't have no, you have no, Biblical basis for it. so just because it worked for you, but if you don't give me book chapter and verse of why it worked for you, I can't replicate what you did. It's just it's just uh, an accident, or it's it's just a sovereign move of God that He chose to have mercy on, upon our ignorance and, and grant us some assistance in that moment. But we can't we didn't do it by faith. We did it because He had mercy on our our lack of understanding, uh, and so. Does, does that make anybody mad? Uh, I mean, if you got, if you got like, you know, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, show me where you're supposed to use a, a pleading the blood. I mean, that phrase, plead the blood, doesn't even exist in in the Bible. There's no, there's no verse anywhere that says plead the blood. And yet it's a big doctrine in the church. I mean, I, today I still hear people pray it all the time, right? Pleading the blood, pleading the blood. I'm not mad at anybody, but I mean, you you, you would be just as, you would have just as much uh, spiritual effectiveness if you said twinkle twinkle little star uh, uh, because you have neither one has basis of faith right neither one has basis of the word of god and so uh you can say twinkle twinkle, little star you know um don't uh, this devil you know get off me i should make up a rhyme right twinkle twinkle, little star you know devil uh go far you know whatever <laughs> i don't i'm not good at that right some people are really good at that uh but i'll, I'll make up something right uh, and uh, we'll sing a little song 20 little star uh, and, and so uh, so there, there's a lack of of understanding and if, but the, the 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 point that I wanted to get across more than anything is if Jesus established it to be this way that, that I have established that I am the head of the church not me that he Jesus is the head of the church Jesus is the head of the church if he if he's a he's the head of the church and now I want you to operate like this I want you to go. I want you to take my name with you. I want you to exercise my name in that moment of time as the authority that gives you the right and the privilege to, to demand that something change in that moment. And that's how I want you to operate. And, and, and if we, in response, say, you know, Jesus, we don't like it that way. We like it doing it this way over here. We're going to take a Bible. We're going to use the name of Jesus Uh, we're not that that, that we're going to use the pleading the blood of jesus we're going to uh sprinkle some holy water on you uh sometimes you know if there's camera rolling we'll we'll throw up a crucifix right you know because the crucifix you know crucifix don't work with devils but they do work with vampires and so if you gotta if you're possessed with a vampire devil we'll we'll use a crucifix uh not making it up right uh but a lot of people think a crucifix will do something right Well, well who's on the who's on the cross is Jesus on the cross it's empty I mean how much power would have been empty it was an empty crucifix well how do you know that's not one of the thieves it could be they one of the two thieves you might have picked the wrong crucifix right you had three to choose from you got only one in three chance of getting it right uh, and so uh, uh, and, but that's kind of what the church does we don't we'll, you know it sounds it sounds radical you know you go to a lot of uh, non-pentecostal you know uh, faith people and they, they just won't use the name of Jesus. They use Christ, right? Oh, in Christ's name we pray. And, and if you say it, but you can say it like that. In Christ's name you pray. You know, not Christ, you know, but in Christ's name you pray. And have a good religious, you know, uh, baritone sounding voice. You know, in Christ's name we pray, you know. And, and, but he, Christ is his title. It's not his name, it's his title. His name is Jesus. He said, in my name. He didn't say in my title. He said, in, my na- in the name of Jesus. That's why we say, and, and you know, if you're uncomfortable saying the name of Jesus... You know, you might want to check up on, on, on how close you are with the Lord Jesus. I love saying the name of Jesus. I love saying his name. Uh, his name is precious. Amen. Uh, and so if we choose not to exercise authority in our lives, in your life, right? If you, if you choose not to exercise authority in your life in the name of Jesus... And the devil comes in and, and he'll do this to everybody. He'll come in and try to put sickness and disease on you. Uh, and, and if you refuse to use the name of Jesus and you try every other method of being good and, and you know, uh, fasting maybe or uh, going to church or, you know, whatever method you might want to use instead of using the name of Jesus. But you don't exercise that authority in your life and the devil somehow gets gets uh, into your life, into your physical body. If you don't use that authority in the name of Jesus, is God going to come down and just, well, that's okay, I'll take care of it. No, you really can't expect him to. Now, has he ever done it? You know, he probably has because he's a merciful and kind God. And, but for the most part, is he required to do anything? He's required only to do what he said he would do. He said, if, if you say in my name and you go cast out a devil, will that devil leave? It will because he said to do it. If he said to do it, then, he, then, then if you go and say those words, by faith, of course, right? But if you, if you go and say those words, in the name of Jesus, come out of him, then, then what is God's responsibility in that moment? His responsibility is to ensure that that's done. He'll go down and he'll just stand there at that person and look at that devil in the realm of the spirit and, yeah, you got to go. And the devil's like, I don't want to go. And Jesus like, doesn't matter, you got to go. They said the name of Jesus, you got to go. You know, we don't have the authority in ourselves, but Jesus, he... Uh, and and you think that the thing you got to understand in the realm of the spirit in the realm of the spirit everything operates exactly the way it says in the word of god and so it, there's no wiggle room in the realm of the spirit that a devil's going i'm just not doing it I, i'm not doing it i'm not i'm not leaving if you declare it has to leave in the name of jesus it will leave amen, amen? Uh, and so uh, you have to appreciate that that's the way the spirit realm works uh, there's no wiggle room in the realm of the spirit and so, so now we can go to, to Acts chapter 3 and we'll see uh, the use of this name. Amen. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how this, how this name works. And, and so she did have, she clearly had some understanding of that, but we didn't really get a good, solid understanding of how authority works until really Brother Hagen's book about the, the believer's authority. When he wrote that book, it really changed the world. Uh, and I'm not trying to to elevate Brother Hagen as being God or anything but that that doctrine was was misunderstood and not clearly understood in the church for centuries uh, and yet it's been there all along didn't Jesus say in my name well that's been there all along amen it's nothing new and yet we didn't understand how that really worked and and so we because we didn't understand how it worked we didn't operate it the way it should have been operated and even today like I said uh, we, we want to instead of using the name of Jesus like we were prescribed to do by the head of the church we want to do all these other methods right a lot of lot of theater goes on in church and it sounds cool right oh yeah I, I plead the blood you know I'm going to grab the horns of the altar well you know the, uh, there's only a couple of guys that grab the horns of the altar one guy was doing it because he was rebellious and he was fixing to get killed and uh, because of his rebellion and so he wasn't exactly somebody you want to want to follow after amen uh, and so Uh, grab the horns of the altar it sounds it sounds cool though doesn't it Uh, and so here we are then Acts chapter 3 starting in verse 1 it says now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour so we're in Acts chapter 3 what events have occurred up till now Pentecost occurred in Acts chapter 2 right they were born again in John chapter 20 Jesus was crucified there uh, in uh, in John 19 right in John 19 he said it is finished Uh, and so he was crucified raised from the dead uh, showed up in Acts 20 breathed on them uh, got them or Acts 20 and John 20 breathed on them they got saved uh, and then um, Luke 24 he said go in Jerusalem and tarry Uh, they did they did that they tarried for 50 days Uh, it wasn't quite 50 days because uh, when Jesus said that he had already been around for a little while Uh, but from from Passover till Pentecost was 50 days Uh, and then uh, here we are now Peter and John are both saved and baptized with the Holy Spirit and they speak with other tongues. So that's that's them. So Peter and John everybody in the church should be like Peter and John. Everybody should be saved baptized with the Holy Spirit and speak with other tongues like Peter and John. And so now they're going they're just going to pray right and, now, and, and it's interesting because they're still they're, they're part of the Jewish society here they're still going to the temple to pray because, I mean, that's a good place to pray, right? Uh, and, and really, it was always the Lord's intention that the temple just turned into a big church. It, it, he never intended it for them to stay Jewish. He intended for all the Jews to become Christians and, and, and to have the, the foundation of the Jewish heritage because uh, every, every apostle was a Jew, uh, at least all the 12 apostles, right, were all Jews, and Paul was a Jew, and many of the Jews, but not all the, many of the other apostles that are mentioned in the book of Acts were Jews, but not all of them. Uh, and so it was always the Lord's intention that, okay, uh, time to, uh, the, the, the member in the temple that had the, the veil there, right? And the veil was torn. You know, they probably sewed it back up instead of realizing, <laughs> hey, you know, uh, it's torn. I guess we got to leave it open, right? So let's leave it open. And, and there's no more Holy of Holies where, where, the, where the power of God is segregated from the people. It's now invested in all the people. And so they're going up to the temple It says, verse two, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to take alms and ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him, said, "Look on us." Of course, you know we've been talking on on, um, Sunday mornings about don't be doing things to be seen of men, but he didn't do this to be seen of men because what did he say? Uh, The man gave heed to them, expecting to receive something of them and Peter said silver and gold have I none but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk now, and so he used the name of Jesus didn't he uh, and he said look I uh, mean um, uh, told you to look on me well why did you tell me to look on him well that's who carried the power he was carrying the power are you carrying the power there's nothing wrong say hey come here I'll help you I can help you so who can you help well you can help anybody Do you have the power of God in you Do you have the name of Jesus with you then, then you could tell anybody, hey, you need help, you come see me, I'll help you. Uh, and then when they get there, it's like, well, I mean, they say, well, well, can you, well, I can't do nothing for you, but I have the name of Jesus. Says, I don't have any silver and gold I don't, you know, I got no means to help you. But what you really need, and, and, and see, here's the thing, is although he asked for money, you know, they could see, well, what you really need is this. And so sometimes, you know, it's okay to, well, you're asking for this, but, but you know, you imagine this man where he was at, for him to think, well, that healing was an option was way beyond his mentality you know he he's way down here and Peter and John are like oh where you really want to be is right here and 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 I'm sure there was a man based on his response hooked up with them oh is that an option I didn't know that was an option and so what did they say Uh, they said in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk and he took him by the right hand lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength uh, and so, uh, and he leaping up stood and walked and entered in, with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. You can't have any dancing around in a church, you know, that's wrong. Uh, and yet, he was walking and leaping and praising God. Sounds like you're dancing to me, right? And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew him, they knew who he was, right? They knew this was the man that was out of the gate beautiful. So, and of course, we know, we've talked about this before as well, that uh the man was at the temple well who who what other famous person on occasion went to the temple jesus well surely this man would have seen jesus i mean how many times jesus probably went to the temple a lot i mean he started going when he was 12 so why didn't jesus heal this man well i mean that again that goes back to the understanding of authority that uh Everybody who came to Jesus and said, Remember all the blind men, right? Blind Bartimaeus and the two blind men of Jericho, uh, they said, Have mercy on us, thou son of David. And it says so Jesus stopped. And then he, Jesus asked a $64 question. What do you want me to do for you? Well, I'm blind, you know. Now, see, it was a valid question because if Peter and John had gone to this guy and asked him what he wanted, the guy, what did the guy say? i'd like a quarter i'd like a dollar i'd like some money so i mean even though it was kind of a captain obvious question what do you ask a blind man what he really wants i mean it's it's also valid because you don't know where his faith is this man's faith he had he had alms faith he didn't have walking faith until peter and and john you know uh, uh, and this was a sovereign move uh, god uh, not based on a man's faith right other times people jesus said uh, according to your faith be done unto you but there were other times when he just did it as a sovereign move to show the kindness of God uh, and so but Jesus still had to operate in faith and Peter and John had to operate in faith uh, and so uh, in this case uh, this man asked alms and so you know they could have he, he could have asked Jesus for alms there, there might have been a chance he asked Jesus for an alms you know Jesus might have just given him here's a quarter and just went on uh, we don't know we don't have any any history of it either way. Uh, Jesus may uh, may have gone by him a hundred times, and a man said nothing. Uh, you know, remember, remember the the woman in, in uh, Mark chapter five it says when she heard of Jesus. See, she heard and she went and go found him out, and so maybe this guy didn't hadn't heard of Jesus at the time. I mean, Jesus might have walked him by it, but maybe he didn't know uh, his reputation. He could have right. He could have missed out on all that. Now it's unlikely, but see. Uh, he never cried out to Jesus. If he had cried out to Jesus, would he have been healed? Most assuredly, right? Everybody who came to Jesus left healed. Everyone, no exceptions, right? Everybody who came. But everybody that Jesus walked by didn't receive healing. Remember the man at the pool of Bethesda? So there's a great multitude there. How many people at the pool left healed? Just one, right? So, so everybody who comes to Jesus receives healing, but everybody that Jesus walks by doesn't receive healing because they don't cry out for Jesus. They don't cry out... Now Again, this man right here, he could have cried out to Jesus for, hey, give me some alms. And there's a chance Jesus could have just given him what he asked for. You know, sometimes God will give you only what you ask for. Now, I know he can do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. But we have to have faith that he'll do abundantly above all that we can ask or think. If we only have faith that, well, Lord, I, you know, uh, just give the doctor's wisdom. You know what he'll he'll do? He'll give the doctor's wisdom. And that's as far as he'll take it. Why? Because that's as far as your faith was, Right. If this man asked for uh, alms from Jesus, I mean, there's a chance. Again, I wasn't there, but there's a chance. Jesus said, here, here you go. Anything else? No, I'm good, thanks, I appreciate it. I'm going to go buy me a cheeseburger. Uh, and, and, uh, actually, I'm going to have that guy, because I can't go. I'm not going to go buy, I can't go, right? But Because uh, I can't walk, right? But, but my buddy over there, he's going to go get me a cheeseburger. They're on sale today. Uh, and, and so, uh, well, you don't know if that happened. Well, you don't either. So, you know, I mean, I'm just as much as right as you are, and so... Uh, uh, so let, let's get some some more uh some more insight here and of course you know uh, it became a big deal right uh, this man because everybody knew him uh, apparently everybody knew him uh, uh, and so uh, it says uh, peter came down to verse 16 of also chapter 3 and it says and in in his name through faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness and presence of you all. So uh, Peter gives us some really good insight here. So if we just say the words, uh, the name of Jesus, uh, is, is that sufficient? Is that sufficient to get the job done? No. Well, no, because what do you say? And his name through what? Faith. faith in his name. So in other words, it's not superstition. See, superstition says, I just have to say the name of Jesus, Right. Step on a crack, break your mother's back, see it happens, right? I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's guaranteed to happen. Well, do you have faith that it's going to happen? Well, no, that's just what they say. And so a lot of times people will just say the name of Jesus like, it, like it's a, a, a lucky rabbit's foot, and they think that that's what gets a job done, but that's not what gets a job done. What gets a job done is you have to have faith. Before you speak the name of Jesus, you have to be fully convinced in your heart, when I speak it, it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, nothing happened. Uh, it happened. Uh, and, and a lot of times especially in, in our lives. And, and it's primarily because we don't have the, the same level of the anointing that Jesus has. But sometimes when we speak the name of Jesus, there may be a period of time from the time that the name is spoken to the time the event actually occurs. And uh, it, it doesn't have to be. It can be immediately. You and know, oftentimes it was immediately, uh, immediate with them. Uh, but let's just turn real quick over to, uh, to Acts chapter 19. Uh, and, and we'll see... We'll see um, uh, we'll see why it's important that in his name, through faith in his name, has made this man whole. So it says here in Acts 19, verse 13, it says, Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them, which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. So did they use the name of Jesus? I mean, they didn't use Christ. They used the name of Jesus, right? Right whom Paul preaches, So they didn't hear Peter. They heard Paul, right? So they'd seen Paul doing it. And, hey, that's pretty cool. Let's do that. And there were, there were seven sons of one Seba, a Jew and a chief of the priests, which, which did this, right? Which did these things. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are ye? And the man in whom the devil, who, and the man whom the evil spirit was Leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them, so that they fled out. Now, all seven of them, right? One guy got the devil. Seven of Jews in there, using the name of Jesus. Uh, uh, he said uh, they overcame him uh, and prevailed against them, and they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Uh, and so, uh, so that and that's important. So, is it just the name of Jesus? If we just utter those words, naturally speaking, do we just utter those words? Will something happen? Well, something will probably happen, but it may not be what you want to happen, right? Uh, uh, Peter gives us the insight. It's his name through faith in his name. So if you don't have faith that it's going to work, it'd be best just to leave it all alone, especially if you're dealing with devils. Amen. So so they did it right. I mean, they, they, they did, uh, uh, from a formula standpoint, they used the name of Jesus. They, they dropped Paul's name. And the devil's like, yeah, I know all those guys. Who are you? Well, I don't know you. Uh, and so, well, uh, i'm never going to try that then well that's probably because you don't have faith in the name of jesus you got faith in his name then it's no big deal amen shouldn't be a big deal casting out devils uh it should it should it's no different than anything else amen it shouldn't be anything any different than anything else so uh, we got to go here in just a second there um so it's it's important uh to understand what's the what's the foundation for um what's the foundation for our authority it's the name of Jesus, but it's also you have to have the faith that this is going to work. Amen? So you just don't throw the name of Jesus out, well, I hope it works. See, that you don't have really a faith. And that's what those seven sons of Siva uh, had is uh, they, just, they just had hope, natural hope that uh, they thought if I, if I say the same words that that guy says, then I'm going to get the same results. Well, that's, that's always a, a um, uh, setting up for disaster there that that just because it works for somebody else it doesn't guarantee the work for you because the only reason why it can work for you is if you understand what the foundation of their faith is see paul had the foundation of faith that the name of jesus was was the fun, fundamental uh, authority that we have and so he exercised that authority in the name of jesus but those men didn't understand that they just thought it was the natural speaking of the name of jesus and so, so they didn't have faith like Paul had because they didn't understand the foundation of their faith. Uh, and it's important to understand the foundation of your faith, right? Why does the name of Jesus work? It works because of the price that Jesus paid to recover the authority of the earth. And that's, that has to be our faith. So that's why when you say you've got to go in Jesus' name, uh, and if you say, well, it didn't work, well, then you don't have any, any faith because if you say the name of Jesus and you understand where it came from and how it was paid for, then it always works there's never an exception for it to not work and even if it doesn't work immediately it's working amen and and you will see it come to pass and that's where you have to have to decide uh, and really what i encourage people to do is before you ever utter the name of jesus um, check your own heart lord i'm about to say this or i'm going to say this at some point do i have faith it's going to work and if you're like well i don't know well then don't say it yet go back read the word of god study meditate pray until you're so it's so sure in your heart that when you say the name of it, it happens amen uh and of course you know uh, if you're praying for somebody you know they have some some amount of uh, responsibility on their side too if they're full of doubt and unbelief uh it's not going to work no matter how much faith you have amen so so we'll stop there we'll pick this we'll pick this up there and continue on talking about the name of jesus and so uh so she does have some insight in that but it really wasn't until uh, the believers' authority was written uh, and and if you know, the book is small, the book is you know probably a hundred hundred ten pages long um, uh, and so it's not a not a big thick book, but it really gives us the foundation of, of understanding things and you know over the years we've even gotten more insight of how these things work more understanding that we can build upon the foundation of what the lord uh, the revelation of the Lord had given to uh, folks like Brother Hagen and there were other folks uh, uh, i think it was john mcmillian had written, written a book or not a book it was really a, really a pamphlet talking about the, the authority of the believer uh and um and he that was written you know even before brother hagan's book uh but uh but um for whatever reason you know sometimes it's just distribution right some people don't hear about that until somebody else can get that and get it distributed to the entire church so but we're thankful today that we have that amen uh and uh we just have to be careful when we use the name of jesus that we're not you know using it in a selfish manner you know in the name of jesus all your lights turn green right that that, that's you know that's really in one sense using the name of the lord in vain and he told us not to do that right that still that still applies to us today right uh that's uh using it for things that that uh you know you ought not be using it for and so you'll know but if it's anything that's commissioned in the church. Then, then you have a right to use that. Any sickness and disease, whether it's in your body or the body of somebody else, you have a right to use the name of Jesus. Amen. In my name, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So, when we when we pray over people, we lay hands on people. We do it in the name of Jesus, and our expectation is, and our faith is that they receive hundred percent of healing. Amen. Now, a lot of people come up in the prayer line and say, "Well, let's see if it works." And then you know, uh, I mean, if that's if that's their heart. There's really nothing I can do, amen? There's nothing I can do about that. Uh, And so, uh, praise God. Well, let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for the name of Jesus. We thank you for the authority that that it represents, that you paid a great price to receive and to recover that authority. And so, uh, Father, we thank you that once you receive that, then you commissioned the entire church to go into all the world, and you handed that authority and the responsibility of that authority over to the church. And if the church refuses, uh, for whatever reason, to not exercise that authority, there's really not much you can do about it, Father. Uh, You just have to uh, wait and see uh, how long it'll take for them to recover themselves and do what you've instructed us to do. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? Do we have access to the name of Jesus? We do. Amen. Uh, any, other, any other name uh, is sufficient to uh, recover uh, authority or to use authority for the church? No, it's not the name of your King James Bible or the name. I mean, King James probably worked, but, you know, the, all these newfangled ones you guys got, they, want, they for sure won't work, right? No, they, they won't work. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> and so it's only the name of Jesus and not the, not the blood of Jesus. You know? Do we say the blood of Jesus has no power? No, the blood of Jesus has a great, I mean, it's what purchased our redemption. Amen. It was a price for our redemption. So it was of great value, huge value, right? We could not be saved without the blood of Jesus, but that's not what we were given for authority, amen? Uh, And so uh, let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. And um, um, we do have uh, uh, Larry number two coming uh, in a couple weeks, right? So uh, Larry and Angela Keaton will be here with us on a Wednesday night. At the end of May, I think it's the 28th or 24th, something like that, whatever the Wednesday night is, uh, we'll let you know about it between now and then, so come ahead, Mr. Jared, and and receive the offering, and um, thank everyone for for helping us out. Yesterday, they was able to come out. Uh, We had a good time, Uh, and uh, weather was great, good and hot, sunny, right, Uh, and so uh, we were able to give out all that water and be a blessing to the community, Amen. And so we're thankful that uh, we have to do that. Okay, it's the 24th, then the 24th of May. Uh, Brother Larry will be with us. so all right, well praise God. Is the Lord good? He's good all the time. Amen. We'll be blessed. have a wonderful and you're dismissed.